This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Clark Kent reads the book brought to Reb Payton by her trained bird and suddenly realizes that the hidden land of Illyria may hold the answer to the world's most puzzling mystery. Right now, it's only a hunch, Lois. But unless I'm way off beam... Yes? Unless I'm building mountains from molehills... Which you have a habit of doing, Clark. This note may lead us to a solution of the world's greatest mystery. Which is? Wait, and you'll see. It was February 1943, off the coast of Greenland. The churning sea tossed the torpedoed soldiers around like empty bottles bobbing in the waves as they took one last look at their sinking ship, the SS Dorchester. What they saw, they will never forget. For there, on the deserted deck, already awash, stood their four chaplains, beloved by every man among them. Bravely, they stood looking square into the face of death, with their arms linked together and their heads bowed. Each chaplain had given his life belt to a G.I. who did not have one. And now the four men, two of them Protestant, one Catholic, and one Jewish, stood together, their hands linked in friendship, as they raised their voices to pray. Then the ship shook with a violent shudder and silently slipped down into the unmeasured depths of the sea. Boys and girls, in commemoration of this deed of supreme heroism, our government has issued a new three-cent stamp dedicated to the memory of these four chaplains. On the stamp is a picture of the sinking Dorchester, and grouped above it the faces of Clark Poling and George Fox, Protestant ministers, John Washington, Catholic priest, and Alexander Good, Jewish rabbi. Across the stamps are the words, These immortal chaplains, interfaith in action. This brotherhood stamp will soon be in every American home and in stamp albums all over the country. The words inscribed on it will be a constant reminder to us that we can best pay tribute to these immortal chaplains by interfaith 
in action. And now, the adventures of Superman. As you remember, Rev. Peyton, Princess of Valeria, finished her strange and fascinating story. After that, Clark Kent questioned her over and over again about how she had been condemned to death by Franz, the Grand Master, and of how she had finally escaped the sentence with the help of Perkamine, her old friend and advisor. Then, by further questioning, Kent discovered that the note which Franz had written to someone outside Illyria was now hidden somewhere aboard the royal barge on which the princess had been found. As we continue now, Nakoma, the bird, has just returned with the note. Kent has read it and turned pale. Great Scott! What's the matter, Clark? Gosh, Mr. Kent, you're white as a ghost. But it, it, it's unbelievable. This is the very note Nakoma first found in Illyria. That I swear to thee, Mr. Kent. Oh, sure, sure it is, Rip Payton. That, that, that isn't what I meant. Well, what do you mean? Lois, do you know what language this note is written in? No, what? It's in German. German? Let me see it. Here. It's German. There's no question about it. You're right. That means France was German. Well, you can read German, can't you, Miss Lane? Well, after fashion, Jim. Well, see if you can't translate the note, will you? In the meantime, Rev. Payton, w- will you describe France for us again? What meanest thou describe? Well, uh, but tell us again how he looked, how he spoke. You know, just what he was like. Oh, it is not difficult for me to do. He standeth before my eyes always as an evil spirit haunting me. Try to forget about that now. What did he look like? Oh, leave her alone, Clark. What difference does it make what he looked like? It may make a lot of difference. I've got an idea. And there you go, building mountains out of molehills again. Look, you translate the note, Lois. Let me handle this. Go ahead, Rick Payton. Describe France for me, please. He, uh, he was of medium height, with thin hair of a sandy color. Uh Uh-huh. His eyes were small and pale. They were without warmth. That's fine. Now, as I recall, you said something about his voice. She said it was harsh and unpleasant. Aye, that it was. And with a curious accent. Could you imitate his speech, Rev. Payton? Nay, Mr. Kent, I could not. You think you'd recognize it if you heard it? At least the accent? Aye, that perhaps. All right, let's try it. I'm going to ask Jimmy to say something in in a German accent. Now, you listen closely and tell me whether it sounds at all like Franz. Okay, Jim, go ahead. What will I say? Huh? Oh, uh, well, let's see. Uh, Say... I am Franz, Grand Master of Valyria, and my word is law. I am Franz, Grand Master of Valyria, and my word is law. Okay. <clears throat> I am Franz, Grand Master of Valyria, and my word is law. How's that? Of course, Jimmy's younger, but how does that sound? Does that sound familiar, Peyton? Aye. It is almost as though Franz might have spoken it. Good. Any luck on the translation, Lois? Uh, well, uh, not quite, but I'll have it soon. Please hurry. <laughs> Here it is. This isn't exact, but it's the sense of it. Okay. Um, 42 days from now, the gates of Illyria will be thrown open. I think that's what it means. Plan to enter at that time. All right. Now, let's see what we've got. We know Franz is a German. We know he came to Illyria a couple of years ago, probably soon after the war ended. How do we know that? From what Red Payton has told us. But, Clark, we don't even know where Illyria is. No, but we know it's a hidden city, right? Right. Great. So what? Well, so that means nobody knows about it. Well, obviously, but where does that get us? Well, it has to be on this continent, probably in either Central or South America. How do you figure that out? Look, according to the doctor who examined Rep. Payton, she couldn't possibly have float on the barge more than ten days without food and water. Yes. All right. We found the barge about five miles off the southern tip of Florida. So, wherever it came from had to be within ten days' drifting distance from malaria. 
I would put it somewhere along the coast of Central or South America. Well, I'm all mixed up. You follow me, Lois? Well, yes, I think so, but granted that's true. How did France, the German, learn about Illyria? Well, we'll probably never know that. Somehow he did, soon after the end of the war. Pretty, Mr. Kent. May I ask something? Sure, Ed Payton. What is it? Thou uh, spoke a word with which I'm not uh, familiar a moment back. What word? I just remember now. I spoke of something at an end. Oh, the war. Huh? You said after the end of the war, Mr. Kent. Oh. Aye, that is it. War. What means that word? Gosh, you see, Lois? See how well Illyria was hidden, cut off from the rest of the world? She doesn't even know what war means. I wish I didn't. What no. means it, Mr. Kent? Well, it means fighting between people of different countries. Oh, it is a game, perhaps? Oh, some game. No, no, Red Payton, it's not a game. It's a brutal, inhuman thing during which men on one side take the lives of men on the other. The war we're talking about is only a few years ago, just before France came to your Illyria. He belonged to one of the countries fighting the war, a country called Germany. Why did he come to Illyria? Why did he not go back to his own country? Well, he may have been trapped in Central or South America when the war ended. Perhaps he was a spy. We can even assume he escaped into the hills and just happened to stumble on Illyria at the time of the year when, as you told us, the gates were thrown open. Oh, brother, if ever you decide to give up newspaper work, Clark... Yes? You can always make a living writing adventure stories. Now, look, Lois, I'm only... Trapped in Central America, a spy escaped into the hills, well, just... stumbled on Illyria. What an imagination. Well, sounds good to me. Thanks, Jim. And as for you, Lois, this may be a lot more than an adventure story. In fact, it may turn out to be the answer to a riddle that has been mystifying the world since V.E. Day. I don't get it. You will, if my hunch is right. Jim? Yes, Mr. Kent? In my room across the hall on the dresser, you'll find a map of Florida and a map of the islands off the Central American coast. Please get them for me, will you, like a good fellow? Oh, sure thing. Now, Rev. Payton, while Jim is getting the map, suppose you try to tell us hey. something about... What's the matter, Jim? Somebody turned the whole lights off. It's, it's pitch dark out here. Clark Kent's face clouds as he turns toward the open door. Why are the hall lights off? Evidently, Kent suspects something. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In an effort to determine the location of Illyria, the hidden land from which the Princess Rev. Payton was banished, Clark Kent sent Jimmy Olsen for some maps. But as Jim opened the door of the hotel room and stepped out into the hall, he found the lights had been turned off, and the hall was in total darkness. Who do you think turned them off, Mr. Kent? I don't know, Jim, but be careful. Get the maps from my room and come right back. Okay. Is Jim afraid of the dark? Oh, you know he isn't, so we say it. You look a little jittery yourself. Oh, lights were on just a minute ago. Oh, well. Now, let's see. Where were we? Uh, oh, yes, yes. You see, we must find out, Rep. Payton, or at least try to find out where your country is located. But how can I tell thee, Mr. Kent? I've never been outside the walls of Illyria in all my life. That's true. Safe when they carried me unconscious to the barge. Well, now, maybe we can help you. First of all, Illyria must be near a river. Why, Clark? Well, Rev. Payton's people wouldn't have settled in a region without water. Mr. Kent is right. Water flows at the side of our land directly into the sea, some distance away. It was there my barge was placed. Okay, so we know it's near a river and not too far from the ocean. Now, is it hot or cold in Illyria? In Illyria, the climb is mostly mild. It is neither too warm nor too cold. But four seasons have we, each delightful unto themselves. No, that doesn't help us much. I'll say it doesn't. But there is this to add. What? Illyria is high on a plateau. But higher still stretch mountain peaks far above it. And there it is cold, with snow and ice in great abundance. Also, though on our side of the mountain, the sun shines warm and bright. On the other side, the 
bleak and dismal, with almost continual rain. Ah. Well, now it's more mixed up than ever. Now, to me it isn't. I'm beginning to see light. Jeepers. What's that? Mr. Kent, somebody's out here. I'm coming, Jim. I've got you. Jim! As Clark Kent rushes out to the hall, Lois stands tensely by Rep. Payton, listening to the sounds of the struggle outside the room. Who was lurking in the darkness? And why? For the answer, gang, don't miss Chapter 10 of The Mystery of the Sleeping Beauty tomorrow. Be sure to tune in, same time, same station, for more of The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine. It's brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Behold my precious. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, uh huh? The Loot Crate subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot on surprises and delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude, Calabunga, to the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman, in his guise of Clark Kent, learns at the risk of four lives that the mystery of the Sleeping Beauty is the greatest mystery the world has ever known. What's so mysterious about it, Clark? Plenty, Lois. Look what happens. A lone German wanders into Illyria, a country that has been lost and hidden for 700 years. Within a few months, he becomes Grand Master, virtually the ruler. So what? Maybe he was smart. Oh, you bet he was smart. The first thing he managed to do... There's someone at the window. (gasps) Quick, Scott, down, everyone. Down to the floor. Gang, all of us want to be popular with our friends. We want to be looked up to and admired. Well, that's only natural. But it takes certain special qualities to make a person popular. You have to have the knack of getting along with all kinds of people. It doesn't take any magic formula to do that. 
It takes only a real interest in other boys and girls. When you say, hi, kid, what's new? Show that you really want to know what's new. Don't just say an empty phrase. Then listen carefully to what your friend has to tell you. Show that you really care about what's been happening to him. Everybody likes a good listener. Now, here's another tip. You'll find that a popular boy or girl is never a fair-weather friend. He's never buddy-buddy with you when things are going your way, but out of sight when you're in a jam. He's always a good pal, a real friend. He's around when you need him, when the going gets tough, and he'll stick by you through thick and thin. Believe me, gang, true friends aren't soon forgotten. And finally, remember that popular boys and girls pick their close friends wisely. Their best pals are only the finest kids in the neighborhood. That's a proof that their friendship stands for something and isn't given lightly. They're on good terms with everyone, but their real buddies are tried and true boys and girls who rate with them because they're regular Joes. Their people or religion or who their parents may be never enters into the question of friendship. Well, gang, those are a few suggestions for you to mull over. It's not some magic formula. It's just being a good friend. And now, the adventures of Superman. Yesterday, as you remember, Clark Kent tried to convince Lois Lane that Franz, the evil Grand Master of Illyria, was a German spy who somehow had stumbled on the hidden land. Then, as Rev Haven was describing her country in order to give Kent some clue as to where it is located, Jimmy Olsen, who had gone to get some maps, shouted a warning from the dark hall. But before Kent could move, he heard Jimmy shout. Hold him, Jim. I'm coming. Okay, Jim, let him go. Let's see what he has to say. Let me up, you little nincompoop. You Let go. Easy, Chief. Easy. Gee, Mr. White, I didn't know. Well, don't stand there like a couple of idiots. Help me out. Sure, come on, Jim. Help me up. There you are. Holson. I had taken about all I'm going to take of your nonsense. Gee, Mr. White, I didn't know it was you. I, I, I don't care what you thought. I don't want to hear another word out of you. Wait. But... Get easy, Chief. Oh, you're out of you either. No, I'm sick of the whole bunch of you. But look, Chief. What am I supposed to look at? All right. It's so dark here, I can hardly see here. I hand in front of my face. What's going on out here? Come on inside, Chief. And sit down and catch your breath. Well, I'll, I'll sit down, but both of you get out of my sight. <gasps> Why, Chief? Was that you lurking out there? Yeah, I tackled him in the dark. <laughs> oh, no. I don't see anything funny about it. I'm sorry, Chief. I wasn't laughing at you. I was laughing at Clark. Well, I'm glad that you can laugh. It's more than I can do. How does your German spy look to you now, Mr. Kent? That's right. Rub it in. Now, now, what are you talking about? I leave you alone for a few hours. And by the time I come back, you've cooked up something new for me to worry about. <laughs> you've got to stop this, I tell you, right this minute. Hey. Oh, oh, excuse me, Chief. We were so excited, I forgot to tell you the big news. We finally awakened the girl on the barge, and here she is. Hmm. Well, uh, how do you do, young lady? Greetings, Sarah. Uh, her name's Rev Payton. You be quiet. Well, I was only trying to help I you. I told you to be quiet, and I mean it. I don't want to hear one word out of you. She was. What the unstripping says is true, Sarah. Rev Payton is my name. What, what, what is she talking about? Uh, I can hardly understand her. The tongue in which thou speak is strange to me, too. But I understand thee very well. That's the way they spoke English in the 13th century, Chief. Really? Well, she's living in 1948 now, or maybe nobody told her that. Well, as a matter of fact, we didn't. What's the matter with all of you? Uh, have you gone completely crazy? Well, well, it was like this. I thought I told you to keep oh, quiet. Right. Now, if you just take it easy, Chief, I'll try to explain this. Oh, okay, okay, go ahead. But first, uh, somebody get me a glass of water. Oh, I'll get it. Okay, Chief. 
Well, to get back to the beginning, sometime in the 13th century, Rep. Payton's people founded a new homeland, which they shut off from the rest of the world. Hmm, well, why'd they do that? I don't know, they were sick of wars, I guess. Thought they'd find peace that way. Huh. Well, any fool knows that you can't find peace shutting yourself off from the world. Well, yes, uh, but... Here's your water, Mr. Oh, don't don't thank you. I won't. Well, anyway, they lived peacefully up until a few years ago when a German named Franz decided that Illyria had something he wanted. Yeah. Hilaria. Don't show. Oh, what's that? That's the name of the country, Chief. Mm, sounds something like out of a fairy tale. Uh, go ahead. Well, there's not much more except that Clark thinks that the greatest mystery the world has ever known is about to be solved. Oh, he does, does he? On oh, what do you base that statement, Kent? And what's the mystery? Now, wait a minute. First of all, it wasn't a statement. I just said it was a hunch. Now, be truthful, Clark. Well, As a always... matter of fact, when Jimmy shouted that someone was out in the hall, you were all ready to do battle with a Nazi espionage well, look, I... until your dangerous character fortunately turned out to be Perry White. Now, don't bring that up again. My neck feels like it's been broken. Oh, I'm sorry, Chief. Well, I'll get back to you later. Well, first, now, uh, let me get this straight. Now, you, young lady. I, Sarah? Gods, I can't get used to this I and Sarah business. Don't you remember, Rev. Payton? I told you we say Mr. here. Uh, I, Mr. But uh, what name dost thou give to the funny old gentleman? Oh, oh, funny old... Uh, this is our boss, Mr. White, Rev. Payton. We work for him. When you work? Just pleased I am to meet thee. That would remind us me of one with whom I have spent many happy hours. Oh, oh yes, I uh, I remind you of somebody in Illyria. Huh? I, my playmate, Lyanna, had a great bear whom I loved very much. Oh, that's enough, that's enough out of all of you. Either she's a lot simpler than she looks, or you've been putting ideas into her head about me. Honestly, we haven't even mentioned you, Chief. Oh, by the way, Chief, where have you been hibernating all this time? Um, down at the Coast Guard station with that squeak of a petty officer. I finally put him in his place. Oh, swell. Oh, now let's get on to brass tacks. Where is this Illyria place? Well, we don't know yet, but we've got a good idea. So far, if Peyton has told us that it's near a river, that it's on a high stretch of land, and that it's on the side of a mountain. Oh, that's great. That's wonderful. There are only about a million rivers and mountains in the world. You've got to remember, Chief, she couldn't have been on the water too long, so it must be someplace on this continent. Now then, she went on to say that the climate was mild, but that on the other side of the mountain it rained all the time. And that the peaks on the tops of the mountains above Illyria have snow on them. That's right, Rip Payton, isn't it? Aye. All that thou sayest is true. Well, it's still clear as mud to me. Now, just a minute. Rip Payton, do you know, are, are there any volcanoes around Illyria? V- volcanoes? Yes, volcanoes. Aye. I've heard the word. Hercumen once spoke it when he told me of the mountain which spat fire and smoke. That's it. So there are volcanoes. Aye. There's one we can see far off in a distance from Illyria. And truth to tell, Illyria itself is built upon the top of one that has long been dead. No kidding. Of course, that would account for the warmth and the fertile soil you told us about. You see, Chief, it's perfectly clear. Perfectly clear. Are you nuts? Here we go again. Hail Columbia. Columbia? Columbia? What's the matter, Rev. Payton? What startled you? That word thou spokest. Columbia. What about it? It it presses against my brain. Columbia. Columbia. Puzzled and confused, Rev. Payton repeats the word Columbia over and over again. What does it mean to her? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. The scene in the Florida hotel room has grown tense. Lois, who hasn't understood Rev. Payton's description of her country at all, just exclaimed, Hail Columbia. Rev. Payton started at the sound of the word. Now she is trying desperately to recall what the word reminded her of as Kent prods her on. Why should Columbia mean anything to you, Rev. Payton? Have you heard it before? I, once, long, long ago, I heard it spoken. But I cannot remember. Now think. 
think. It, it must be important. Now, Clark, why on earth should that be important? Because we've been talking about her homeland. If an old forgotten memory comes up now, it must have something to do with that. Now, look, look. I, I think we'd better be getting back to Metropolis no, or we'll all go crazy. Wait a minute, Chief. Uh, come on, think, Rip Payton, think. I, I cannot recall its meaning. Try. All right, Clark. Rev Payton, what is the first thing it brings to your mind? There's nothing I fear. I, I keep looking at my emerald ring. Your ring? Who gave it to you? My old nurse. When I was very, very little. Oh, what is it, Rev Payton? Come on, no, say it. it. recalled. My old nurse was a stranger to Alain too, And she, like France, came to Illyria on one of the days when the gates were thrown open. She never spoke of the land whence she came. Save once on my fourth birthday, when she gave me this emerald ring. Take it, my princess, she said. To thee, I give my last relic of my old home, Columbia, the land of the emeralds. Oh, that's a very pretty story, but I don't see it. You don't see it, Chief? No, and neither do I. I'm amazed at both of you. It's as plain as the nose on your face, Lois. The reason Rev. Payton responded to the word Columbia was because she... Just a minute, Jim. The reason she... look, there's someone at the window. Great Scott! Oh! He's going to break the glass! Down, everyone! Down on the floor! Face at the window, crash of glass, and then two shots out of the darkness. Clark Kent is right. There is more, much more to Rev. Payton's story than appears on the surface. So don't miss a single thrilling word of it if you want to know the solution of the greatest mystery the world has ever known. It's a strange and exciting story, so be with us tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 11 of The Mystery of the Sleeping Beauty on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyright feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. It's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and the Princess Rev. Payton leave by chartered plane to search for the hidden land of Illyria. And Kent discovers all is not well. Hey, we're supposed to be flying southwest. Judging from the sun, we're heading due west. We'll never get where we're going that way. That's what worries me, Jim. Something's wrong. Something's very wrong. (laughs) 
Try to picture a situation, gang, in which you wake up in the morning hungry as a bear. You jump out of bed, clean your teeth, wash, dress, then dash into the dining room or kitchen for your breakfast. But when you get there, you are greeted by the sight of your mother's sad face and her broken-hearted announcement that there is nothing to eat in the house. No food at all. Sounds impossible, doesn't it? Can't believe anything like that is possible ever, anywhere. Well, let me tell you how wrong you are. Because there are many places in the war-torn world today where scenes like the one I just described to you happen almost every day. That's right. As a matter of fact, nearly half of all the children in the world, about 230 million of them in Europe and Asia, are almost always hungry. And many of them are sick, very sick, as a result of being undernourished and improperly dressed. Can you think of a more unhappy situation than that? Can you think of anyone who needs help from you more than those 230 million unfortunate boys and girls? I'll bet you can't. What can you do about it? Plenty. Here is one thing you lucky boys and girls of America can do. You can join the newly organized Crusade for Children and lend your efforts to the campaign to make life more bearable and far more pleasant for those sick, hungry, and unhappy children in Europe and Asia. This is your chance to do your part to help boys and girls like yourself to grow up strong and healthy. And by so doing, deserve the gratitude of those children who will someday grow up to help you make this a world of peace and plenty for all. In a little while, I'll tell you more. So be sure to keep listening. And now, the adventures of Superman. Only a short time has passed since Clark Kent, Lois Lane, Perry White, and Jimmy Olsen discovered a beautiful girl deeply asleep on an ancient barge in the waters off the coast of Florida. But since then, they have been taken back centuries and have covered hundreds of miles. They discovered that the girl was Princess Red Peyton, who lived in a hidden land called Illyria, a land which had been founded more than 700 years ago. And Clark Kent, on hearing her story, decided that Franz, the Grand Master of Illyria, who had condemned her to death, must in reality be a German agent who somehow had found the hidden land. Red Peyton had just given Kent a clue as to where Illyria might be located when a mysterious face appeared at the window and two shots were fired in an obvious attempt to murder Rev Payton. As we continue now, it is some time later. Whoever fired the shots has mysteriously disappeared. Kent, Lois, Jimmy, and Editor White are again in the hotel room with Rev Payton. Edgar, I have done nothing but cause you trouble, my friend. Don't be silly, Rev Payton. It isn't your fault. Clark. Yes, Lois? Just before those shots were fired, you were about to tell us why Rev Payton responded to the word Columbia. Oh, yes, that's right. Well, you remember she said her nurse had given her an emerald ring as the last relic from her homeland? Aye, Colombia, the land of the emeralds. Right. Well, that means the nurse came from Colombia in South America, and chances are Illyria is somewhere in that region. Well, let's get to Illyria, then. What are we all standing around for? Get on the phone, somebody, quick. Okay, what do I do? What do you do? Nothing. Oh. Here, let me have that phone. What are you going to do, Chief? I'll get action at the airport. A fellow named Brooks runs the works down there. He's an old friend of mine. Oh, good. Operator. Operator. Operator, get me to Palm City Airport. And you, Lois, start getting the girl ready. Nay, pretty. Do not trouble thyself. I shall rest here quietly while thou make the rain. Good idea, Ref Payton. You'll need your strength. Hello? Palm City Airport. Uh, this is Perry White, editor of the Metropolis Daily Planet. Yes, sir. I want to speak to George Brooks, front office. Brooks? One moment, please. Get action or I'll know why. Hello, Brooks speaking. Hello, Brooksy. This is Perry White. Well, I need a plane and a good pilot immediately. It's urgent. I see. Well, uh, how long a trip, Perry, and where? Well, I'm not sure. But we'll have to have a pilot who knows South America pretty well. We'll explain when we see him. Okay. Have five passengers, Simpson, ready to go in half an hour. Ah, that's fine. Oh, uh, where do you mean, 
case I want to reach you. The Beau Rivage Hotel. Uh, thanks very much. Well, that's all set. Boy, things sure are moving fast. Gosh, I wish I had some kind of flying suit or something. I suppose I'd better wear flats. No, don't bother. You're coming back with me. Uh-oh. Oh, Chief, you're not serious. Well, of course I'm serious. What? what do you think I'm running, a newspaper or a travel bureau? Now, look, Chief, You keep I... out of this car. Yes, you keep out of this. Now, look, Lois, I'm asking you to listen to reason. What, Chief? Now, you know I've got a newspaper to run, and you also know I can't get along with both my star reporters. Uh, especially when we haven't any time, uh, any idea how long this trip is going to take. Yes, I know. Uh, besides, this may be dangerous, and if oh. I have to choose one of you, Kent's got to be the one to go, because there has to be a man law. A man? That's the funniest thing I've heard in years. Oh, cut that out. Well, what do you mean, Lord? Well, if you're sending Clark to protect Rev Payton, yes. well, you'd better send Jimmy to look out for Clark. Now, look here, I've had enough of well, this. As a matter this... of fact, Chief, I think it would be a good idea for Jim to come along. Oh, what? boy. There, didn't I tell you? He's probably scared already. Can I really go, Mr. Wayne? Shut up. Oh. Now, these are my orders. Kent and Red Payton and Jimmy take off on the plane in 20 minutes. Yippee! Shut up, I said. All I said was yippee. Lois and I will carry on from Metropolis. Now, the sudden understood? Well, okay. okay. Let me get going. Lois, help Red Payton to get ready. You'd better explain to her what's going to happen. Because if she sees a plane, let alone goes up in one, she may die of fright. Okay, Chief, I'll brief her on everything. And, Kent, you and Jim start for the airport now. Right. Check your course with the pilot, get everything set, and we'll meet you there in a half hour. Well, Lois, Chief, looks like Jim, Rev Payton, and the bird are comfortably set in the plane. Goodbye until, well, until. So long, Clark. Good luck. Thanks, Lois. Goodbye, Kent. Take it easy now and get a good story. I bet we will. We'll find Elyria if it still exists. Goodbye, Mr. White, Miss Lane. Don't forget to let my mother know where I went and tell her not to worry. I hear a clock. It's a strange sensation. But the thought that soon mine eyes shall again behold Deliria giveth me courage and strength. Good girl. How about you, Jim? Oh, me? Yes, you. Hey, what do you think I am, a baby? <laughs> I'm okay. I've been up in a plane before. Why, well, I was even in a jet plane once. Sure, I know, but this may even be more exciting. Hmm? My hunch is we're going to see things we've never even dreamed of before. Well, following my hunch, we're heading for a part of South America near Colombia where your emerald ring came from, the Guiana Highlands. No kidding. Sure. Ever hear of the Guiana Highlands, Jim? Oh, sure. That's the part of South America where Tommy, Tommy Harmon got lost. Isn't that right? That's right. Oh, there's naught but water and water and water to be seen. We're over the Caribbean now, but soon we'll be sighting the mainland. And then shall we be nigh, Yes, it shouldn't be more than... 200 miles or so from the coast. Just be patient, Rev. Payton. I should know, Mr. Kent. Just a little while ago, I was all excited about fishing on the Atlantic Ocean. And now look at me, flying over South America. I'll see the Amazon River and the Orinoco. Well, i got to pinch myself every once in a while to make sure I'm not dreaming. That's funny. We should be flying southwest. Well, aren't we? I don't know, Jim. Judging by the sun, I'd say we're heading due west. That'll never get us where we're going. That's what worries me. Hey, Jim... Something's wrong. Something's very wrong. Clark Kent tries to recall the exact instructions he gave the pilot at the Florida airport. He knows that going off course in this deserted wilderness can be fatal. 
for it is clear that many courageous explorers have been lost forever. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Clark Kent has just noticed that their plane seems to be flying off course. Rev Payton, aware of his concern, questions him. Why are thou frowning, Mr. Kent? There's something queer. We're flying awfully high, and I wonder if the pilot knows he's off course. Wait a minute, I'll check with him. Might as well let Farrah know where we are while I'm at it. Pilot! Open the door a minute, please. What do you want? I'd like to use the radio to contact Farrah, if you don't mind. Radio's down aboard, eh? Mr. Kent, let's get back to the controls and we'll crash. Don't worry, son. We're flying an automatic gyro. Why not crash? At least not yet. Sorry, radio's out of order. What are you talking about? Just what I said. Radio's out of order. Why didn't you report that to me before? Look, Mr. Kent, I'm running this ship. Go back to your seat and relax. Mr. Kent, this man is a stranger with great black rocks. All right, we've not beheld him before. But then I remember the other one. Sure. I remember the pilot we spoke to first had curly brown hair. That Damon, the kid talked to me. Who are you? What are you doing here? Never mind that. I'm following instructions. You're not following the instructions I gave you. Who said so? I do. You were told to fly due southwest after sighting the mainland, and this ship is flying due west. Now, please step aside. I told you the radio's out of order. But all you want to do is check the course. Here, I have the flight chart in my pocket. Now, Mr. Kenny's pulling a gun. Get back, Jim. Get back to Mr. Why, Kenny. you... Get back there with them. Please notice my gun's not pointing at you, but it's that girl. If there's one move out of you, she gets it. And the kid's next. Understand? Starting with this unexpected turn of events, Clark can't stare at the strange pilot of the plane. For if he dares make a move to get the gun away from him, Rev Payton or Jimmy may be killed. At this moment, Kent, even in his guise of Superman, is helpless. But will he be for long? Be sure to tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 12 of The Mystery of the Sleeping Beauty on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings with a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men. And who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman, in his search for the lost land of Illyria, finds himself confronted with a miracle of nature that almost claims the life of young Jimmy Olsen. It's an earthquake, Mr. Kent. I can feel the ground trembling. Follow me, Jim. I'll carry Red Payton. Hurry. Leave me, Sierra. Leave me and save thyself. Nonsense. Up you go. 
close to me, Jim. Jim, did you hear me? Jeepers. Jim, what's the matter? My foot. A big crack opened in the ground and I stepped into it. Now I can't get loose. Do you know, gang, that in professional baseball, only six players have ever hit 50 or more home runs in one season since 1901? Babe Ruth made baseball history with the Yankees when he went over the 50 mark in 1920, 21, 27, and 28. Hack Wilson of the Cubs made the grade in 1930. Jimmy Fox of the Athletics knocked him over the fence in 1932. And Hank Greenberg did it in 1938. Ralph Kiner of the Pirates and Johnny Mize of the Giants each hit the record last year. Now, these six home-run kings are the heavy-hitting greats of all time. They've walloped their way right into baseball's record book. A challenge to future players. Something for tomorrow's king of swat to aim for. Because it takes a top-flight athlete to knock 50 baseballs over the fence in one short season. But undoubtedly, others will do it in the future. Why, some of you fellows who are practicing on the sand lots today will be the big league greats of tomorrow. Yes, maybe the day will come when you will bat your 50th home run and land right up there along with the six other home-run kings. Maybe baseball fame in the books for the boy down the block or the kid who just tried out for first base position on your team. Nobody can tell who the lucky guys will be. But one thing sure, he won't be tomorrow's home run king because of where his people came from or the way he worships God or what his name sounds like. No, sir. It's the muscular skill behind his booming bat that will hold the answer. Power, steady nerves, coordination, good timing, and a fighting heart. Those are the things that make the great athlete and home run king. Who knows? Maybe that'll be you. So keep on punching. Learn to play the game. And always give your best. And now, the adventures of Superman. Yesterday, as you remember, Clark Kent, Rev Payton, and Jimmy Olsen started their plane trip in search of the lost land of Illyria. With mounting excitement, they watched passing far below them the Gulf of Mexico, the island of Cuba, the wide expanses of the Caribbean Sea, and the mainland of South America. They had been over the continent for some time when Kent realized they were flying off course, not southeast, but due west. When he questioned the pilot, he was told the radio transmitter and direction finder was out of order. Suddenly suspicious, Kent decided to check it, only to find himself suddenly held at bay by a gun the pilot was pointing directly at Rev. Payton. One moment, a girl gets it, Kent. Grab him, Mr. Kent. I'll stand in front of Rev. Payton. Let him shoot me. Hey, where are you, little fool? Or I'll plug the two of you. Do as he says, Jim. The evil one. The evil stare from his eyes. There's death in them. What are you after, anyway? You'll find out. Kent, what are you doing with those controls? Fixing them so the ship will crash. If I crash, you will, too. That's where you're wrong, Sonny. I'm bailing out. Don't move any of you. No, you're not. Jim, look out! I you. I got to plug you for that, you little punk. Out of my way. Jim, here goes. Oh! The startling Jim. He's dead. No, he's just knocked out. He hit his head on the floor. Uh oh. He's fainted. That's a break. Rip Payton and Jim both unconscious. I can get these clothes. But I've got to hurry. Because this is a job for Superman. Out of the broken window. I'm going to need the plane like this. No. Oh. Holding so fast, I can't get a good grip. There we are. That does it. Now to straighten it out. And head it back on the right course, southeast. Okay. There we are. Now, away. Away. <laughs> 
flying swiftly and steadily, his mighty arms holding the crippled plane above his head. Superman speeds across the sky in the direction of the Guiana Highlands, his sharp eyes piercing the inky blackness, searching for a suitable landing place while he tries to cover as much distance as possible to bring him nearer his objective, the lost land of Illyria. Suddenly he spies a vast grassy plain extending as far as the eye can reach. Down, down, he streaks. And a moment later, he sets the huge plane safely on the ground. That was close. Now I'd better get back into Kent's clothes before either Jim or Rip Payton come too. I do where we are. I see hills far in the distance. Yeah, those must be the mountains of the highlands. Okay. There we are. Finished. Now to see how Jimmy and Rip Payton are. Zero Kent. Zero Kent. I'm here, Rip Payton. With the rest of Yeah, I'm right here. Don't be frightened. I called to them, called to them. Oh? But oh, it's not answered. I thought they did too, like young Trippin. Well, I guess I didn't hear you with all the noise. Don't worry about Jimmy. He just got a nasty bump on the head, but he'll be all right. I hope those speak as truly. Oh, sure. Jim. Oh. Jim, oh. come on, boy. Come on, open your eyes. Oh, my head. Yeah, I know it hurts, Jim, but it'll be better in a minute. Gosh, Mr. K. Come on, try to stand up. Oh, the lad stirreth himself and speaketh. Tis well. Gee whiz, what happened, Mr. Kent? Are we on the ground? Aye. Uh-huh. This huge bird settled down like a dove. You mean we crash-landed? Well, we landed all right, but luckily for us, there wasn't much of a crash. Gosh, I don't get it. Don't try. Come on, Jim. Up on your feet. Okay. Golly, my head's spinning like a top. Now, sit down here for a minute. You'll be okay in a jiffy. Oh, where are we, Mr. Kent? Aye, tis the same query I would wish to make. Thinkest thou we are nigh unto Illyria? Well, it's hard to tell from inside here. We can get our bearings better outdoors. Oh, what are we waiting for, then? Let's go. No, no, no. Wait now, I don't know, Jim. This, that's a nasty bump on your head. It might be best to spend the night in the plane. Nay, Sir Clark, I would not stay. My heart is heavy, and I long for the sight of my homeland. The sooner we reach it, the lighter will my heart become. But it's pretty rough traveling at night. The country's wild, you know, and yeah, we might run... Yeah, you're not exactly dressed for it, Rep. Oh, my robes will not hinder me. Fear they not that I shall hold thee back. Well, okay, then. Let's take a look outside anyway. We can decide where we spend the night later. Oh, Queeping lizards. One of those noises. It's the sound of the jungle which surrounded us. That's right. Well, I don't see any jungle. Nothing but a lot of grass. That's all I can see. Aye. Underfoot is like slide out sport. Earth would have been baked long in the hot sun. I'm getting my bearings now. Where do you think we are, Mr. Kent? must be the Orinoco Valley. Orinoco? That's right. I've guessed that Illyria lies somewhere between the Orinoco and the Amazon rivers. The names are strange to me, Sir Eclat. But from the hills in my land, one can see two slender bodies of water. And far, far beyond the deep blue sea. Well, that would be right, then. Two slender bodies of water would be the Orinoco and the Amazon rivers, and the Blue Sea, the Caribbean. But how can you be sure we're in the Orinoco Valley now? Well, it looks that way. Well, it only looks like dried-out grass to me. That's what I mean, Jim. See, this would be the dry season in the valley. The grass becomes parched and burned at that time and finally disappears. If it were light now, you'd probably see big patches of earth that didn't have any grass at all. You mean just plain dirt? Uh-huh. Aye, it's coming back to me now. Herkman has told me to walk not too far away from Illyria. The earth becomes hot and dry, and often splits in twain. Twas perhaps of this that he say. You see, Jim, once we pass over this valley, we'll probably find heavy jungle. Hey, wait a minute. What's that rumbling? There's thunder raging in the heavens. Soon lightning will strike. How can that be? You said it was the dry season, Mr. Ken. It is the dry season. I'm sure there won't be a rainstorm. I feel it now. The earth 
listen, shake us. Sleep and listen. It's an earthquake. Is Jimmy right? What is the ominous rumbling they hear? Is it an earthquake? Or is it something even stranger than that? And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Clark Kent, Rip Payton, and Jimmy Olsen were surveying the area in which Superman had landed their crippled plane when suddenly they heard an ominous rumble. Rip Payton thought it was thunder. Jimmy Olsen, an earthquake. Clark Kent, knowing what is really about to happen, shouts a warning. No, it's not an earthquake, but run! Jim, run! Get away from the plane! Come on, Rip Payton. I'll carry her. Get going. Leave me. Save myself, Jim. Nonsense. Try to keep up with me, Jim. I am. How much further? As far away from the plane as we can get. Come on, Jim. Faster. Faster. Mr. Kent. Mr. Kent. What is it, Jim? My foot. My foot. It's caught in the crack of the earth. What? I can't get it out. You stay here, Red Payton. I but hurry. I will. Here I come, Jim. Over here, Mr. Kent. Over here. I see you. Here, I'll get my arms around your waist like this. Now, you just relax while I pull. Okay. Oh, you're wedged in there solid. Let yourself go, Jim. Lift. Now, one more tug. There. So that's it. I'm free. All right, hang on just the way you are. I'll carry you. You don't have to. I can make it. Try to do what you're told. There we are. Okay, now stand up. It's getting louder and louder. Oh. This is the whole world trembling. I can't look at the plane. Uh-oh. Look at our plane. That's what I was afraid of. The, the earth just opened up and... Swallow. Amazed, Kent, Rev Payton, and Jimmy look on as the earth splits open and the huge plane disappears. What strange forces are at work in this unknown part of the world? And what new dangers await our friends as they search for the hidden land of Illyria? We'll learn more tomorrow, so be sure to tune in tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 13 of The Mystery of the Sleeping Beauty on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! Thank you for tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. I'm your host, Christian Phoenix. Now, growing up as a comic book fan of the 80s and 90s, I've always been fascinated with how storytellers translated these iconic heroes from the page to film, television, and radio. Long before we got the big-budget CGI epics we enjoy today, children gathered around their radios to hear their favorite do-gooders come to life with little more than their imaginations and these broadcasts from a time long forgotten. 
I invite you to gather around your radio for this presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman, still searching for the lost land of Illyria, finds himself forced as Clark Kent to save Jimmy Olsen and Rev Payton from the attack of a man-eating jungle bee. Stand back, Jim! No, no, don't, Mr. Kent! Stand back, I said! But, but you can't fight him with your bare hands! Don't worry about me! Get Rev Payton out of the way! Hurry before he... Out, he's just... Gang, the swimming season is right around the corner, and bathing suits are coming out of mothballs after having been stored away all through the winter. Soon the old swimming holes, the lakes, and the ocean beaches will have new fish added to them. Human fish who dive and duck in the water as if they had fins instead of mere arms and legs. Well, as you know, swimming is good for you, and it's fun, too. But too many accidents happen every summer. Accidents that don't have to happen. So here are some tips on how to take care of yourself in the water some swimming know-how suggested by Suichi Sakamoto, a young Japanese-American who's considered one of the greatest swimming coaches in the world. Tip number one. When you get in trouble, keep calm. A panicky swimmer gets stiff and heavy, and that means he becomes sinkable. And what's more, it's well to remember that the average good swimmer can keep afloat longer than he can keep walking on dry land, without stopping to rest, that is. And the inexperienced swimmer can usually float around until help arrives. For instance, if your boat capsizes way out in the middle of the lake, don't get excited and try to swim all the way to shore. Keep cool and hang on to the boat until rescuers come. So just keep your head and you'll be okay. Plain common sense is your best lifesaver. Tip number two, if you ever get caught in a strong current or undertow, don't fight it. Keep in mind that it won't and can't drag you to the bottom. Let yourself go and permit the current to pull you until it's spent. Then strike out diagonally toward shore. Gang, later in this program, we'll give you some more vital pointers from Soichi Sakamoto, a swimming coach. So be sure to listen. And now, the adventures of Superman. As we know, Superman landed the crippled plane in which Rev Payton and Jimmy Olsen lay unconscious in the center of a huge grassy meadow, which later, as Clark Kent, he identified as the Orinoco Valley in South America. Then, while they were getting their bearings in this strange part of the world, the earth suddenly began to tremble beneath them. Running quickly, they reached a safe spot, just as the ground upon which the plane was standing cracked open and swallowed it up before their very eyes. What happened, Mr. Kent? Was was that an earthquake? No, Jim. Are you all right, Rev Payton? Why, so many strange things have occurred to me. It's as though I were waking from a dream. It's more like a nightmare to me. Well, what was it, Mr. Kent? Hmm? Where'd the plane disappear to? Well, if you'd studied geography a little harder, Jim, you'd know. What do you mean? What's geography got to do with this? 
Well, during the dry season, the land in the Orinoco Valley dries out so much that the earth splits open. Sometimes the holes are as big as a city block and thousands of feet deep. Golly. This world indeed. This is a wondrous place. It certainly is. Oh, look, Mr. Kent. Hmm? Does this mean we'll never see that airplane again? I'm afraid it does, Jim. Oh, well, what are we going to do? We're a million miles from nowhere. Well, first we've got to find a clump of bushes or a few trees. What good will that do us? We can build a lean-to and spend the night there. Oh, it's a good thing to comb his feathers glow in the dark. Hmm? At least we'll have some light. Hark, Nakuma hears something. Perhaps it's one of his own feathered friends. Fly, Nakuma. Fly whither thou wouldst. Boy, look at him go. Let's hit that way. He'll call us if he finds something, won't he? Aye, he's a wise bird, my Nakuma. You mean he understands what we're looking for? It's not the spoken word, I warrant, which impresses itself upon him. But he seems to grasp what is in our minds and hearts. Oh, yeah, I see. Hey, he's calling us. Well, come on. Let's see what he's found. Hey, wait. Easy, Mr. Kent. Huh? You're walking too fast for Rep Payton. Oh, no, no. Let me not hinder me. Oh, just right. I'd better carry you again, Rep Payton. Oh, now, come as impatient. He called us as again. Okay. Up you go. Oh, now, wait, Mr. Come Kent. Come on. If you carry her, you'll get all tired out. Then where will we be? Now, stop worrying, Jim. We'll take each thing as it comes along. You walk on ahead like a good fellow, but not too fast. And watch your step. Come on, let's go. <laughs> Black. Wish we had a flashlight. Uh, wishes were horses, Jim. Beggars would ride. Aye, it's just true. What's the matter now, Jim? I almost got my foot caught in another one of those cracks. Uh-oh, I told you to watch your step. Come on. Hey, there he is. There's Nicola. Tis <gasps> his bright light that we see. Uh-huh. Coming toward us now. Look, he's trying to make us follow him. Aye, Nicola. We follow thee. Lead on, lead on. <laughs> I can see the trees now. And I hear a stream of water, too. You do? Uh-huh. Oh, Nakuma sees us to fly. He awaited our arrival, perhaps. Feels like the grass is getting softer under our feet. That's right. The dryness hasn't reached this spot yet, or else we're nearing the jungle. Well, you were right, Mr. Kent. Huh? There's a brook here, all right. Good. It means we'll have fresh water. All right, now let's get going and build a lean-to. Are you sure after we get it all built, the ground won't split open and swallow it up and us with it? Oh, I doubt it, Jim. There's water running. The ground can't be dried out. We're at the edge of the jungle. Okay. Now, what about the lean-to? How do we build it? Well, I guess we won't have to. Those two trees there make a natural arch, and I'll just stretch my trench coat over the branches like this. Eh, and presto, we've got a tent. See? Well... It's not much of a tent. Oh, I know, but it'll do for tonight. What if it rains? It can't. Remember the cracks in the ground? Oh, dry season, huh? Right. Now, I suggest you both stretch out and get some sleep. You'll probably have a big day tomorrow. You'll need your strength. Well, what are you going to do? I'm going back to see whether I can salvage something from the plane. Alone in the dark? Oh, don't worry. I'll just look around. Come on, now. Both of you get as comfortable as you can. Oh, okay, you're the boss. You all right, Red Payton? Aye. All set, Jim? Uh-huh. Good. I'll be back soon. Now, we've got to work fast as Superman. 
find out how close we are to civilization and get some help. Can't take Jim and Rev Payton through the jungle on foot. Off with these clothes. Look out, Rev Payton. Great Scott, what's happened back there? Yes, I'm coming. New danger loomed the moment Clark Kent turned his back. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Clark Kent, having settled Rep Payton and Jimmy in a makeshift lean-to, left them and walked into the darkness to assume his true role of Superman and find help. He was about to rid himself of Kent's disguise when he heard Jimmy and Rep Payton calling frantically. Wheeling, he rushed back to the lean-to. Hurry, Mr. Kent. shouldn't have left you two alone. We'd better all stick together from now on, I guess. Gosh, you killed him with your bare hands, Mr. Kent. Huh? You broke his neck. How'd you do it? Oh, I, I was just lucky, Jim, I guess. His, his neck must have snapped against a rock, I guess. Boy, I'll say that was luck. Mr. Kent, what, what kind of an animal is it? They'll call him a, a jag something. Yes, it's a jaguar. Oh. That's a South American panther. Oh, a panther? Uh-huh. It's a lizard. Sure looks fierce. Yeah. Mr. Yes, repeating. What? What are you staring at, Miss Payton? Take care. Turn around slowly so it's not to startle. Startle who? There's a savage hiding in the brush. And he has the slender poison darts in his hand. Take care. I see him. Where? Don't move, Jim. Oh, it's too late. He knows we've seen him. There he goes. It's likely he has gone to warn his tribesmen. Are the natives friendly in these parts, Rep Payton? It is not easy to say. There are tribes which are friendly, but there are others which are not. That's not much help. Maybe we better not wait to find out whether these are friendly or not, Mr. Kent. Maybe we ought to get more than that. From the paint on his face and the necklace of human teeth around his throat, I'd say... Oh, but no, I, I'm not certain. Go ahead, Rip Do you think you recognize the tribe he's from? I cannot say absolutely. Tell us anyway. We've got to know sooner or later. Well, he thinks he belongs to a tribe of headhunters. Headhunters? Keepers. What do we do, Mr. Kent? Take it easy, Jim. Nothing's happened yet. Oh... Drums. I, just as I thought, the brother had notified his tribesmen. They approach him as we speak. Golly, just hearing those drums gives me the shivers. Let's get out of here, Mr. Kent. We can't, Jim, even if we want to. Why not? Because in the first place, we don't know where to go. And in the second place, we're already completely surrounded by savages. <laughs> Unable in the presence of Jimmy and Rev Payton to assume his true role of Superman, Clark Kent stands rooted to the spot as the unknown tribe of headhunters closes in on the clearing. Tensely, he awaits their approach, wondering what he can do. Gang, don't miss Chapter 14 of The Mystery of the Sleeping Beauty. Monday, same time, same station on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater.
Subscription box, yeah, full of exclusive loot, lots of prizes, and deliver to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! Browsers! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, no, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman! visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman and his guys, Clark Kent, faces a tribe of savage headhunters in the dark jungle of Orinoco in South America, as Rev Payton and young Jimmy Olsen stand by, awaiting what seems to be certain death. They haven't got a chance, Mr. Kent. There must be hundreds of them. Easy, Jim. Remember the old saying, while it's life, there's hope. Yeah, but there's nothing we can do. They've got us surrounded. Rev Payton said the one you saw in the brush had a poison blowgun. Why, oh, it is the weapon they used to kill. If you were dead, Doctor, we're finished. Not yet. Listen to the drums. They're coming closer and closer. Steady, Jim. Mr. Kent, we've got to do something. We've got to. Rube! Ever hear that, gang? It's the shout that goes up in circuses and carnivals whenever there's trouble on the way. Like, for instance, when a fresh guy and a circus fan take a few pokes at each other on the fairway. The manager runs over to break it up. Soon the juggler starts to mix it up with the fresh guy, too. Then suddenly, the magician spots the fight. He looks around, sees a situation brewing, and then shouts, Hey, Rube! Oh, that's all, brother. In a flash, the whole carnival has changed. From every booth and sideshow, the circus folk come on the run. Well, that cry is circus lingo for trouble, come and help. You see, gang, circus people know what it means to work as a team. That's how they protect themselves from danger. For example, the aerialist who flies through the air must be caught by the other half of his team or die. That's how teamwork keeps circus folks alive. And that's why when any one of the circus people gets into trouble, everybody gets into the fight. As soon as the yell, Hey Rube, echoes over the sawdust, there's no holding him back. All for one and one for all. Well, gang, that's how all Americans should be. When a fellow American is treated unfairly for any reason, it's not enough to let him fight it out alone. His hey rube means trouble for everybody and should bring us all running, ready to get into the scrap and mix it up, but good. Because in unity, there's strength. United, we can't be beaten. So let's stop the petty and tolerant bickering among ourselves and work together like a smooth running team should. <laughs> 
And now, the adventures of Superman. Lost somewhere in the jungles of South America, Clark Kent, Red Payton, and Jimmy Olsen suddenly found themselves surrounded by a tribe of native hunters. As we join them now, off in the distance, native tom-toms are beating out their primitive rhythms, and the circle of hideously painted savages is closing in. Finally, Jimmy breaks the island. Ken, are we just going to stand here and wait for them to pounce on us? Well, we don't know yet that they're unfriendly, Jim. What are we supposed to do? Wait till they boil one of us alive to make sure? Jim. Well, they're headhunters, aren't they? So Rep Payton says, but, but we... I, the one we saw hiding in the bush one next to the field. Remind us of that, please. Steady, Jim. How can I be steady when I'm shaking all over? Please draw closer. Please try not to act afraid. Be friendly. Perhaps they can guide us with you. And if they're not... I, uh... I, uh... Back away. Find out soon enough. One of them coming tonight. Is our dream still again? What? What man wants here? We no like stranger. We are friends. No friends. No friends. We trap headhunter. We not know your friends. No like talk. No one to talk. We headhunter. We kill. Nice sociable fella. Tell him my head's no good, Mr. Kent. Tell him there's nothing in it. If you don't keep quiet, he may find that out too soon. Woman. Who's she? Talking to you, Mr. Kent. My people say woman is not stranger. Who's she? Wait. Are you the chief of this tribe? Me not chief. Me medicine man. Well, maybe you'd better let the chief decide what to do with us. Chief, come now. Do not move. Be careful, Mr. Kent. We're not going to look good with our heads quiet, Jim. Oh, white man. White woman. White man, stranger. Woman, she now stranger. No, Shiva. We are friends. Then you are Rev Payton, woman from Illyria. I, Sierra. Rev Payton is my name. Listen, listen, know him, Mr. Kent. You, friend, come see us one time each year. Bring medicine and good food for my people. I, Sierra. I came when the gate of Illyria were thrown open one day a year. And now, may I present my friend to thee? To you, white men, I say. You, friends of princess, you, friends of mine. Now... I talked to my people. You really visited them, Rev Payton? I think I did once a year. Weren't you scared? Nay, they knew I wanted nothing from them but to know them better. To be their friends. Here comes the chief again. My people wish to know why you here. Tell him, Rev Payton. Tell him we're lost. Chief, we are lost. We are looking for the land of Illyria. My people, friends to Illyria. My people help. Oh, that's wonderful. Will you help us find our way to Illyria? My scouts lead you there. It's not very far, but through this jungle. I see. Is your village on the way? Why, you ask us? The Princess Rev Payton is tired. I think it might be a good idea if she remained behind with you. She will be welcome. What about me, Mr. Kent? Go with the scouts to Illyria. Oh, boy. Then he's agreed. We go now to village. There we make more plans. That's fine. Bugata. Right. I tell Beanie about this, Mr. Kent. Getting escorted through the jungle by a tribe of headhunters. How do you like that? <laughs> you weren't so happy about it a few minutes ago, Jim. Days I went something like a leaf in the wind. Oh, sure, I was scared stiff. I could just see my teeth hanging around one of their nets. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny about that? I just had my teeth fixed, too. Stop it, Jim. You're killing me. We come soon to village where princess will rest. The man and the boy 
We'll go with Scout to Elyria. Thank you. You've got a lot of nerve calling me a boy. What would you rather be, a boy with a head or a man without one? Oh, okay, you win. Oh, look, the chief's motioning for us to step on it. Let's hurry. How am I going to cross him up? Well, getting to like your head, aren't you, Jim? You bet. And right where it is, on my neck. Able to joke now in the light of the friendliness of the native tribe, Jimmy follows Clark Kent and Red Payton as the chief and his hut-hunting tribesmen lead the way through the dense jungle. But although they don't know it, the time for jokes will soon be over. There's trouble ahead, plenty of it. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. Clark Kent, Jimmy Olsen, and Red Payton finally reached the village of the friendly headhunters, where the native women took over the care of Red Payton and made her comfortable. Then, after a few hours, with a swift guide to lead them, Kent and Jimmy set out for Illyria. And as we join them now, the native guide has left them at the very walls of the ancient city. The walls are high, and the night is dark, and Jimmy whispers. Gosh, Mr. Kent, it's scary here outside Illyria. No moon, no stars, nothing. And it's so quiet. I know, but keep your voice down, Jim. Sound travels at night. Yeah. Even when I breathe, it sounds like fireworks on the 4th of July. I know what I'll do. Jim. Put that feather away. That's why Red Peyton plucked it from the cold, so we could have some light. No, but that feather glows in the dark like a flashlight. Somebody might spot it. Now put it away. Okay. What do you figure on doing now? The wall's too high and too thick. We'll never be able to get inside. I'll just feel along here in the wall. There may be a crack or something. You wait there. I don't think you'll find any cracks in this wall, Mr. Kent. Could be. What's that? Look here. Over here. We've been measured. It's the wall. Got a hole in it big enough to crawl through. Uh huh. How? I don't understand. I just happened to kick it in the right spot. Probably a weak stone. Boy, are we in luck. See, what if somebody heard the noise? Well, that's a chance, Matt. Come on. Let's not waste any time. Crawl through, but quietly. Take it easy. I'm through, Mr. Kent. Come on. Okay, keep low. Here I come. What now? Now we have to find Archimedes. I have a note to him from Red Payton. Yeah, I know, but how do we do that? Well, let's try to locate his house. Come on. Well, where did Red Payton say the house was? said it was right near the west wall. Gold grill work on a white stone, she said. Jimmy, look. There. That must be it. I'll try the door. Okay. Bolted. Oh. I try not to but softly. I mean, sleep. We may have to wait until dawn. Yeah. It's not going to be good. Be quiet. Wait a minute. Someone's coming. Who standeth without friends? Decided no friend well to knock on this door tonight. Let us in. We must talk to Hercamine. Who art thou who calls for Hercamine in the dead of night? We'll explain to him when we see him. Alack, alas. Hercamine will be seen by his friends no more. What? What do you mean? By the order of France, Grand Master of Illyria, the great and good Hercamine goes to his death within the hour. Son, Kent and Jimmy stand at the half-open door. Hercamine's old servant tells them that his master is awaiting death. Without Hercamine to guide them, they may be helpless. But where is he? Can he be saved in time even by Superman? There's tense excitement in tomorrow's episode, gang, so don't miss it. Be sure to hear Chapter 15 of The Mystery of the Sleeping Beauty on The Adventures of Superman.
Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC comic magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman adventure serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen stand in the public square of the city of Illyria, as Hercules, the wise old counselor who saved Red Payton's life, Mounts the gallows to be hung. Mr. Kent, we've got to do something. They're going to hang. Easy, Jim. What do you mean easy? Look, we've got the rope around his neck. There isn't much time. Don't worry. I've got a plan to save him. Say, gang, do you know that if you live to be 70 or over, chances are you'll spend at least 20 of those years asleep? Do you know that 7 out of those 20 years, or rather 70 years, will be spent walking and playing in sports? that five months of your life will be taken up in tying shoelaces and seven years going to the movies or theater. What's more, one whole year will be spent gabbing on the telephone. And furthermore, if you live to, live to be 70, you'll probably spend two and a half of those years eating and another two and a half chewing gum. Well, now, how do you like that? Pretty strange, isn't it, to see our everyday doings boil down to cold mathematics. But one thing is good about cold mathematics. It helps us to see things clearly. After all, if you spend 20 years sleeping, just to give an example, you'll want to make sure you get the most out of the rest of the time when you're awake. And one way to make that part of your life the best possible is to have good friends. You know, too many of us take our friends for granted or just don't bother taking the time to make friends. Yet anyone who has ever had a real good pal can vouch for the fact that there's no one better than a fellow or girl who'll stick by you through thick and thin. The people who are lucky enough to have such friends are also smart enough to know that friendships can't be based on such unimportant things as the amount of money a fellow has, or the kind of house he lives in, or the church or synagogue he goes to, or where his folks came from. Instead, they make and keep good friends. How about all of us doing the same and having the time of our lives? And now, the adventures of Superman! Yesterday, as you remember, Clark Kent, Rev Payton, and Jimmy Olsen, lost in a South American jungle, suddenly found themselves surrounded by a tribe of native headhunters. Fortunately, the chief of the tribe recognized Rev Payton as the girl who had, on a number of occasions, visited his tribe when the gates in the lost land of Illyria were thrown open. Because of that, he accepted Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen as friends and promised to help them reach Illyria. Leaving Rev Payton to rest with the tribe, Jimmy and Kent started for Illyria with a native guide. There, at the great wall of the city, Kent, under cover of darkness, making use of Superman's amazing strength, punched a hole through the foot-thick stone, and he and Jimmy crawled into the city. Hurrying to the house of Hercamine, Rev. Payton's friend, they learned to their horror that the aged counselor had been condemned to death by France, Grand Master of Illyria, and was to be executed within the hour. 
And as we join them now, they are standing outside Herkermine's house in the gray light of dawn, uncertain as to what to do. Listen. Looks as if we're at a dead end again, Mr. Kent. We'll figure something out, Jim. Yeah, sure. But what? We don't even know where Herkermine is. We just have to find out. I guess we'd better look for a jail or something. Well, remember, it won't be the same kind of jail we have in the tropics. Larry, you didn't have any criminals. Yeah, that's right. Look, the sun's coming up. Uh Uh-huh. Gosh, what a beautiful street. Sure is. Is that gold on the roof of the building? Looks like it. All right, we've got to be careful now that it's light. I'll say. What do we do, hide? No, no, we've got to find Herkimine. Yeah, but how do we do that and keep from being seen? We just have to duck down back streets. Okay, when do we stop? Like this minute. Follow me. Nobody around yet. Streets are empty. It won't be for long. I hear voices. I don't. Around that corner, I think. I hear them now. Stay close to the wall. Good thing that most of these houses jut out. They kind of keep us in the shadow. Quiet, Jim. Don't move. Someone's coming. Uh, it's now here the news. That's not the moon dies in the yard. Nay, there has been a change. Well, before I can even put the death, Francis decreed he is to face the council to confess his crime. But what crime has to do with the wives of the news in this? Is it beyond belief? Did you hear that, Mr. Kent? Yes. What do we do? Get going as fast as we can. Come on. <laughs> Mr. Kent, you act as though you know where you're going, but... Well, I don't exactly, but I'm following a hunch. A hunch about what? Oh, just a hunch, that's all, Jim. Gosh, I wish we didn't have to race through these streets with our heads down. I'd like to see what Illyria looks like. Don't slow down now, Jim. We're almost at the end of our trail. Here we are now, Jim. What's this? The palace. Franz lives there. Gee, there's a week. Keep your voice down. Come on, we'll sneak in. Very quiet. Okay. You're the boss. Hold it. What's the matter? Someone in the corridor up ahead. And hear their voices. Probably some guard. Could be. We'll trace the voices and find out what's going on. You with me, Jim? Right behind you. Good. They sound closer now. Yes, they're coming from that room over there with the double doors. It's the council chamber. How do you know? Never mind. Come on. The small room next to it is empty. Shall I close the door behind us, Mr. Kent? Yes, but quietly. Okay. Good. Now try not to make any noise, Jim. Gosh, I hope nobody catches us in here. I don't like the feel of this place. Relax. Now stay close to the wall. Put your ear against it. You can hear everything that's being said in the council chamber next door. No kidding. Try it. I asked thee once again. Hurry. Hurry. Is the princess alive? Who's that, Mr. Kent? I have told thee, Franz. No words more concerning our beloved princess will cross my lips. Well, since thou will not tell me, I will tell thee. A princess of a fate lives. Strange that thou shouldst know this, when supposedly thou hast no communication with the outside world. You're German, all right, Mr. Kent. Trying to talk like they do. Why continue to play out this part, Franz? These people gathered in this room are no longer lovers of Illyria. I rather plotted with thee against her. I hold their decisions in no more honor than thine. Enough of thy stupid battling, Herkimin. We are no longer interested in thee or thy theories, old man. That I know, but forget not. There are others in Illyria who will rise up against thee and thy fellow traitors. Where are thy friends, long dear? Talking on street corners, full of sorrow and dread? But they are soft. Soft! <laughs> 
Too much peace and too much justice has made them strong. Thou wilt live to see thy doom in their hands. Aye, they have forgotten how to fight, but attack what which they love, their freedom, and they will learn again. They will rise as men have always been to defend freedom. We shall see that people are rebellious now, but only in birth. They now are dead. They will think only of saving themselves from a like fate. Would be worth my life to prove thee wrong, Franz. But thou art a coward at the base of thy heart. Thou wouldst not dare take the chance. My thoughts will choke in my throat when it feels the tightening of the noose. God, lead this man to the public square. Oh. I see that he be hanged immediately from the gallows I have built therein. And I myself shall follow to fix the stool from beneath his feet. We've got to break in, Mr. Kent. We've got to save him. Oh, Jim. But they're going to hang him, didn't you hear? Yes, Jim. The people of Valeria must see that Franz really intends to go through with this execution. We can't stop it now. Oh, Mr. Kent, Hercamine might be dead before we can do anything. Jim, please, please. Pleading desperately, Jimmy attempts to convince Clark Kent to save Hercamine before it is too late. But Kent has another plan in mind. A desperate and daring plan. If it fails, well... And now, back to the adventures of Superman! Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen have made their way to the public square where Herkermine, aged counselor of Valyria, is awaiting execution. Hiding behind a marble pillar away from the crowd, they stand watching the tense scene being acted out before them. There's Herkermine now, Mr. Kent, going up the steps to the gallows. Looks as though all Valyria is here. Gosh, he doesn't seem to be the least bit afraid. Herkermine is a wise old man, Jim. He's teaching his people a lesson. Yeah, that's no reason for us to let him die. Take it easy, Jim. Take it easy. She was, how can you say that when they've got him up on the stool already? Wait a minute, Jim. Look. He's shaking his head. He doesn't want him to tie his hands behind him. The crowd's not even moving. Not a single person's willing to take a chance on saving him. And we're cowards like all the rest. Don't worry, Jim. I told you. I had a plan. I know you didn't, and I believe you. But gosh, Mr. Kent, when do you expect to do something about it? Look. The thing the rope around his neck. Wait here a minute, Jim. Where are you going? Just wait. Don't move from this spot. I'll be right back. And where let me by, please. Get the can't. Francis is going to kick the stool out from under him. Run, Jim, run. Head for the hole in the wall. Discovered by a guard at the very moment he was planning to assume his true role of Superman and save Hercamine from death on the gallows, Clark Kent has seemingly waited too long. Now, how can he possibly make use of Superman's powers in full view of Jimmy and with a raised sword threatening them? And what of Herkermine bears seconds from death? Gang, tomorrow's episode is tense and exciting, so don't miss it. Be sure to hear Chapter 16 of The Mystery of the Sleeping Beauty on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial, soon to be shown at your local movie theater. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. No, it's Superman. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman!
Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, Superman saves the life of Herkimine and discovers that Bronx, the Grand Master of Illyria, is an escaped Nazi. Somehow you stumbled on this lost city and decided it would be a good place to rebuild a Nazi party in preparation for the next war. Who told you that? Nobody had to tell me. But it won't work. You're sure of that? I'm positive. Just wait. Just wait and see. So he said, so she said, so they said, so we said. Yadda 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 Some people keep talking, they never stop talking. People like that should be shot. The things that they say never come to an end. They don't stop for breath or for thought. They'll repeat just like records again and again the tidbits of gossip they've caught. They never will think, is it true what I say? Is it something I ought to repeat? Instead, they'll just giggle and whisper to you, have you heard Johnny Jones is a cheat? These jerks pick up everything nasty they hear. They never say somebody's swell. But brother, if once you do anything wrong, you can bank on it, these guys will tell. They come up with some of the strangest remarks. They must have the brains of a pigeon. You should hear the ridiculous things that they say about other folks' race or religion. We know that the way that we worship our God doesn't make any difference down deep. That a regular Joe is a regular Joe, and a creep, well, he's still just a creep. But facts never stop dopes from babbling on. The truth might not have as much zip. They'd much rather sell you some nice juicy lies. Stay away from this bunch. Take our tip. For you can be sure as can possibly be that your name is somewhere on their list. That they have got gossip to tell about you. There's no chance that you're going to be missed. So never be sucker enough to believe the gossip of yadda yatters. They never know anything you'll want to hear, and nothing they say really matters. And now, the adventures of Superman. Yesterday, as you remember, Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen, while searching for Herkimine in the walled city of Illyria, heard France, Grand Master of the City, sentenced the old man to immediate death by hanging in the public square. Jimmy wanted to interfere at once, but Kent felt that the people of Illyria should know once and for all how evil France really is, and only by seeing would they believe. Great crowds gather in the huge square, and with unbelieving eyes watch as the noose is about to be placed around the neck of their venerated counselor. Never having learned to fight, being for centuries a peace-loving people, they can do nothing but stand and look on helplessly. Finally, at the last moment, Kent decided to assume his true role of Superman and come to Herkimine's rescue. But as he moved toward the gallows, the harsh voice of a palace guard stopped him. Stand to the Art of stranger in our midst. Let me by, please. Do not move, or I will run these through with my sword. Run away, Jim. Wait for me at the hole in the wall. No, if you'll kill Herkimine, then you too, Mr. Kent. Do as I tell you, Jim. It's the only way any of us can be saved. Stand. Do not move. Run, Jim, run. Okay. Let the stripling go. When I am done with thee, it will be time enough to seek him out. Put your sword up, my friend. I'd as soon put it through thee. Ha-ha! Uh! <laughs> Merciful heavens! The blade crumpled on thy chest! Too bad you had to spoil a good sword, but don't say I didn't warn you. Now, out of my way! Scared the life out of that poor fellow. Good thing, too. He'll help arouse the people, and I'll have a few seconds more to get out of these clothes. Uh-huh, I was right. The guard screaming stopped Franz dead in his tracks just as he was about to put the noose around Herkimine's neck. Now Superman can take over. Up, up, and away! 
Now circle above the cloud. Give him a good look at me. There. Now, down to the gallows. Down. Away from that man, Franz. What? What devil art thou? Get away, I said. Look. Franz, run away. Let him run. I'll take care of him later. Got to get you out of here first. Are you ready, sir? Yes, yeah, certainly. I am ready. Hold on now. Up, up, and away! This clearing looks like a safe spot, Herkimine. It's deep in the forest and not too near the wall. My faith is fast in the birdman. Decide thou and I shall agree. Good. You sit here on this tree stump and rest while I look for Jim. Jim? There's a name that is not known to me. Well, he's a young friend of mine who also came to help rescue you. I did not know I had so many well wishes. Where is he now? Waiting for me just outside the walls of Illyria. Then hasten to him, I beseech thee. Illyria no longer for an honest man. Well, you will be all right if I leave you here alone? Aye. We are quite far removed from the city. Tis men alone make evil. Here in the forest, all nature is my friend. I'll be back in a few minutes. Up, up, and away! <laughs> Superman. Glad you saw me first, Jim. Didn't want to scare you. Gosh, I was thinking about you. Hoping you'd come. Nobody but you can save Herkimine. That's been done. You mean... Herkimine is waiting for us in the forest. Oh, gosh, that's wonderful. I was so scared Mr. Kent wouldn't be able to... Say, where is Mr. Kent? Huh? He was supposed to meet me here. Is he in the forest, too? Oh, no. Herkimine's alone. Well, then where is Mr. Kent? Oh, he's... He uh... told me to wait here for him. Yes, but his plans have changed. He'll expect to find you with Herkimine. Oh, okay, if you say so. You all set? Yep, I'm ready. And up, up, away! <laughs> Here we are, Herkimine. Thou hast returned, Birdman. And this is Jim, the young stripling just mentioned. Yeah, that's me. Superman saved you just in the nick of time, didn't he? Aye. So that is what they call the Superman. Well, yes. Yeah, that's his name. Look, I've got something to show you, Herkimine. Got it in my pocket. Here, look. A small red feather. Tit like unto... But nay, it cannot be. Sure, it's Nakoma's feather. Nakoma? Then thou hast seen the repetition? Oh, I'll say we have. We found her on the ocean. The heavens pour forth blessings. It's true, Herkimine. Repetition is safe and well. Could you take me to her? My heart longs to see my beloved princess once again. Can you, Superman? I don't see why not. But I have some important business to attend to first. Well, that's right. You've got to find Mr. Kent. I forgot about him. See, where do you suppose he is? I'm going back to Lyria to find out. You two wait here, and I'll see that Kent picks you up as soon as our business is finished. Okay, Superman. But hurry. I don't like the idea of his being in Illyria all by himself. He'll be all right. Now, remember, don't move from this spot. We will await thee here. Fare thee well. So long. Now, up, up, and away! And so, while Herkimine and Jim Wilson wait in the forest clearing, Superman flies swiftly back to Illyria. Something urgent and vital spurs him on. What does he intend to do? And now, back to the adventures of Superman! Flying swiftly over the treetops, Superman leaves behind him the forest clearing where Jim and Herkimine wait. Now over the walls of Valeria, he circles the city until he spots Francis' house below. Apparently, this is where his urgent business is. Swiftly, he drops to the ground, enters the building, makes his way to the end of the hall. His X-ray vision pierces the thickness of an iron-bound door. There he is, in that room. And alone, too. Greetings, Franz. You... The one who flies. Yes, put that dagger down. I will put it where it belongs, in your heart. <laughs> you are a devil. 
The plate does appear to body. A very keen observation, my friend. What do you want to admit? You'll find out soon enough. Do not come any nearer. Oh, still think you can give orders, eh? Well, I'm glad of one thing anyway. What are you talking about? That you dropped this thee and thou stuff. Now you sound like the person you really are, a Nazi. I will see that you suffer from it. I am still Grandmaster Valeria. You're a Nazi and nothing more. You're one of the few who managed to escape from Berlin. Now that we understand each other, get back to that radio. Radio? What radio? Oh, now, don't play dumb with me. I heard the radio static when I was coming down the hall. You're trying to contact someone, aren't you? you got a shortwave transmitter. I don't know what you're talking about. Your smart little game is up front. Now, where's the radio? Let me go. You're joking me. Where's the radio? It's over there. In the desk. Oh, hidden in the drawer, eh? Ah, look there. Transmitter and receiver made in Germany. Whom were you trying to contact when I broke in? I... No. I was just playing with it. Just playing with a 250-watt transmitter? Look, this isn't a toy, Mr. Now, whom are you trying to contact? No one. No one, I tell you. All right, we'll open the receiver and wait for whoever it was to contact you. In the meantime, you can tell me about your setup. What's behind all this? I don't know what you mean. You know exactly what I mean. You came to Illyria soon after the war ended. How you happened to find it, I don't know. But you immediately set about to take it over. You decided it would be a good place to rebuild a Nazi party, didn't you? Who told you that? Nobody had to tell me. It's no secret that South America was full of Nazis when the war ended. For all we know, that's Hitler may be hiding out if he isn't dead. You do not know what you're saying. Not much, I don't. Oh. Here it comes. Watching Trunks out of the corner of his eye, Superman listens intently as the shortwave receiver crackles his call to the lost city of Illyria. What will he learn? Is Trunks the leader of a plot to rebuild the Nazi party wiped out by World War II? Gang, whatever you do and wherever you are, don't miss tomorrow's episode when Superman finds himself battling an army single-handed. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow, same time, same station, for Chapter 17 of The Mystery of Sleeping Beauty on The Adventures of Superman. Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at this same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash silverageheroes. Join us again, same bat time, same bat station, for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater. Excelsior! <laughs>